da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. So oftentimes on the show, we like to get together and discuss important films. Films that have changed the course of the history of cinema forever, honestly. Really black book change lives and change cultures and you can actually see the tectonic plate shift uh, the day after this movie was released mm-hmm. it's celebrating an anniversary we like to get on here and throw back to films uh, out their anniversaries so this year 20 years 20 great years since well except for this year <laughs> hit classic that thing you do yes Doing that Written, thing. starring, and directed by American Treasure, Tom Hanks. Mm, the Thank OG. You. The OG. Uh, I guess we can start there, guys. Um, this is the debut of Hanks behind the lens, mm-hmm. or Hanks in the director's chair, or Hanks the uh, screenwriter. And uh, got to say, he kind of set the bar a little high for himself. <laughs> yeah, Larry Crown didn't think? quite live up to this, did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's got to go down as a pretty big disappointment. Yeah. In the like pretty underrated big. disappointment. <laughs> Julia Roberts and Tom Hanks together in like yeah. one of the only movies he's ever directed yeah. and then he waited t- almost 20 years to direct the movie and then gave us Larry Crown. That's rough. Thanks. Thanks Tom. It's all right. At least we have all the Da Vinci codes. <laughs> Classic films. So we're not talking Inferno. <laughs> da Vinci Code 3. Gosh. Please stop making Only if Paul Bettany continues to whip himself in it. <laughs> There's a hundred percent chance that, that. <laughs> 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 just after he saw his makeup and <laughs> after Age he had Ultron. to watch yeah. his filmography, he just started beating himself. <laughs> uh, did I do priest? God. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that did happen. But um like a, a big you know, I guess a lot of excitement when Tom Hanks made this. I remember seeing this. I think it was a double feature. Okay, to be honest. Remember back in the day, uh, when what you day could, was it? When you could see a double feature, like a sneak preview. I think they were. Yeah, of movies. I saw a few remember of those. they used to advertise sneak previews, and mm-hmm. there was one screening, and like you could show up and buy tickets, and that was it. Yeah, and you had to sit through like, I don't know. Whatever rom-com Sarah Jessica Parker was throwing out at the time. And then after that, they would show you the movie you wanted to see, okay. right? You know, sure. What if so that was, was the of, movie I wanted to see? What if I really yeah. wanted to then see? Then you could leave after that and you the wouldn't Morgans. have to see that thing you do. But I remember it was one of those. Richard's been pitching failure to launch as a throwback for years, really. <laughs> it's amongst... Since before we had a show, I said we should start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is actually a long con. We're going to do failure to launch as the last episode. <laughs> When you see that, come on, just know the dream's over. <laughs> 727 episodes in. <laughs> it's the uh, start of the reconnaissance. I think. <laughs> was failure to launch. But anyway, I think that thing you do is one of those for me. Uh-huh. I remember seeing it in the theater as a double feature and just being blown away. Um, I was already somebody who wanted to do be in a band when I was a kid. Uh, I was already playing guitar, I believe, at that point, or... Had a big interest in it. Had a big interest in music and bands and all that growing up. And uh, this was like, okay, you take me to this and expect me not to 
want to be in a band yeah you know, sure. kind of a thing sure like you take me to see tom petty in concert and then you're surprised when i want to drop out of school for a record deal you know right. kind of a thing right uh this movie it kind of it's the american dream as far as music is concerned sure in a way yeah so yeah, this is one that i don't remember seeing for the first time which is pretty pretty wow, rare for me. I really? have a brain for that kind of. I, I, so, I so specifically remember seeing it at the theater. Yeah, it was the theater that was. Uh, it was a general cinema that was in Old Grapevine Restaurant Row, like okay. behind like the Chili's and Red Lobster over there. Remember? Yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we still hang out there. Not there, but <laughs> general the, the cinema. That should tell Lobster. you how yeah. long ago it was. Yeah. GC. I I don't think I saw it in theaters. My uncle is. My, I'm sure. I'm sure what happened was that Christmas, maybe like the next year, my uncle had a VHS copy of this because he he loves this movie, and uh, I'm sure he was like, "Hey, let's watch this." You know that thing you do, and I did, and I I had the same thing as you. I've never, you know, I don't have any musical aptitude or ability or um, or anything like that, but it did. It, it every time I saw it for for several years as a, as a teenager, it would uh, it would kind of I would just walk around the house like pretending to drum and stuff like that because it just had this spark of man. If I only had any kind of musical talent, I would really like to do that because it 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 perfectly embodies I think um, especially for that time period what it would be like to to try to become a rock band, yeah. to have a hit record and, and all that sort of, all the stuff that it, that the movie um, takes in, I think is very, if it's not authentic to how it actually is, it is a hundred percent authentic to how you would think that that would be like that, yeah. that moment of hearing your, your song on the radio and getting a record deal and going on tour and all these sorts of things. Like that's what I think um, whether you know, however true or not, it is that is that is what we think of. I think when when we uh, you know daydream about that, I guess. Yeah, Richard. Any general memories or thoughts? I I saw this in the theater. I know that. I I think I got kind of dragged to it. I, I mean, I wanted to see it, but I don't think uh, I my my mom like her her. Uh, her father died in the late 60s. So, like, she didn't like anything set in the 60s because it was, like, a dark time for her because he was just sick a lot and all that. And so, like, uh, so I don't think she wanted – and I was at the age where, like, I didn't really get to see stuff if my mom didn't want to see it right. <laughs> 20 years ago or whatever. I was I guess I was nine. Um, and so, uh, so no, I didn't see it but in, in uh, with her. But I think someone took me to, like, a – another friend's family and I was like oh this will be kind of cool but wasn't that excited for it and then yeah it came out really on fire you know for that and I didn't yeah I knew I mean I knew like the Beatles and stuff but I just didn't really know the kind of um, I wasn't totally familiarized with the 90s had like a weird fascination with at the time with the 50s there's a lot of like uh, 50s diners and stuff you yeah. can eat at but there wasn't a whole lot of this uh you know, for that sort of early '60s sunshine, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Surf rock, rock and roll, surf rock kind of thing that wasn't really like hadn't become like cool again at yeah. that time. Sure, um, until um, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy came back, <laughs> Brian Setzer. Yeah, I was thinking earlier when we're on a previous episode when we were talking about uh, when we were talking about Major League that uh, Rick Vaughn looks like a Brian Setzer like groupie. Yeah, super he does. Fan. He really does. <laughs> like that's what he was going for with the look. Yeah. Just a guy that's really into the stray cats. Um, <laughs> what are we all? But uh, 
but yeah, I saw it and just was like, couldn't wait to like share it with everybody. And it was such a happy film. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and wasn't unabashed. I think that's so, that's so, uh, Symbolic of who kind of Hanks is mm-hmm. as a, as mm-hmm. at least as a public person. He may be oh, terribly yeah. morose pu- privately, but at least publicly, he's very yeah. Ron Howard too. And I think you know those two did such great work together in that '90s period. And then this was kind of a cool spinoff of him doing it on his own. So anyway, sure. yeah, it's it's a great, great, great film. I think it's easier to make a cynical film than it is a, a truly organically happy film. And this is, I think, that's why it jumps out it, so well. It's not the best movie of all time. It's not. How dare it's you? It's not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying from, you know, the AFI is not putting this on their top 100. As good as it is, mm. as much support as it would get, they it doesn't fit the mold of what they would right. look for. Yes. It might be, though, the most enjoyable movie of all it time. It really is. You know, one like of the a, the, yeah. yeah. Maybe one that might not make you smile or just give you as much unbridled joy as this, you know, um, as far as the music, the comedy, the interaction with the actors, the way it's shot, the bright colors, Mm -hmm. everything, the nostalgia factor of it all. um, It really works on pretty much every single level that it could, uh, has attempted to work on. Sure. uh, I think it really does a good job as well as far as giving us a behind the scenes look at bands. Yeah. You know, Uh, there's always, I've always found it interesting. Like the storyteller's stuff is so interesting to Mm me. Just (laughs) the story behind the song, you know, the, I always think about Neil Diamond storyteller. (laughs) Yeah. And that's enough. I ran over a man. (laughs) Sure enough. Sweet Carolina. (laughs) Sure enough. He was dead. (laughs) You never, you rarely ever hear, okay, what's come as you are about for Nirvana unless you were there when they wrote it, you know? And this, I guess, for me, was the first time you see a band writing a song, a hit song mm-hmm. at that, you know? And uh, I love the fact that the song started out as a slow song and they sped it That's up such a and cool it became moment. a hit. Yeah. That's such a great... I don't know how Tom Hanks even thought of that or if that came up on the day or if they learned it slow and they had to play it. You know, like, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that that wasn't in the original draft. Like, they wrote a hit song, somebody heard it, and they got famous. Not that it was... The singer wanted it to be slow, but then the drummer sped it up, but then that's what made it catchy. Yeah, what make it hit. And yeah. uh, I just love that aspect of it. It seems so authentic, you know? It sure. seemed... I remember for a time after this came out, um, people being like, oh, yeah, The Wonders, like that band from the... Like people yes, thinking yeah, that yeah. they were a real band yeah. and that this was a movie like about them, like The Doors or, mm-hmm. uh, you know... I, Spinal Tap was obviously a... a mockumentary but uh everyone thought that like spinal tap that they were a real band right uh that the wonders were a real band and um it took a lot of convincing not a lot of convincing but uh took me a lot to realize like that i wasn't watching sure a documentary of some kind or mm. at least a reenactment of some yeah, kind a biopic yeah yeah um i love that scene where they're writing the song in the garage and they had to recruit guy patterson to play drums because their other guy broke his arm mm-hmm. the other guy Patterson's like a jazz drummer and has to transition his style over to rock and roll and nobody really knows what rock and roll is and uh, the whole garage rock aspect yeah. really attracted me and that's when I was like garage band has to happen sure. you know, all you need is a garage right mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, that's basically it so 
Uh, any thoughts on kind of how the band forms? It's funny, the whole Wonders Oneaters thing, I thought, was a <laughs> hilarious yes, that's little a good commentary. Bit. I love... On the, the Beatles with the EA and right. all that. Yeah. And that he's so obsessed with, with doing something like that uh-huh. instead of just making a, just whatever, just a normal band name. We've got to come up with something because we've got to try to be the Beatles. I love the genesis of the creation of the band and the writing of the song, um, but I think that that is so real. Like, that's such a realist. You, the I've never around. been in a real band before. I know you have, Ken. Uh-huh. You, you have joked around. You've done some stuff like that as well, Richard. But you, you see that. Um, I've When you go back and you read a book about whatever, Led Zeppelin or uh, or the Eagles or the Beatles or anybody else from that time period. Diane Wood. <laughs> yeah, Diane Wood. The, the oral history <laughs> is in, impressive. Um so many f bombs, but no, the uh, ninja, ninja. <laughs> just, just really only. Two I saw words. them at Austin City Limits. I did not oh, tell you no. that. I did see them you, because they were to, playing. Oh, uh, no, there's no excuse. I'm so excited. Well, no, the excuse is Radiohead was playing, and they were nope. playing on the opposite stage. Uh, so you had to stand there and listen yeah. to them in order to see Radiohead, uh, who played brutal. literally the second that they went off. Yeah. Radiohead started, so it's not like you can walk. To Radiohead after them or whatever, yeah. vice versa. How close were so you? I like was guilty in, by approximation. In proximity to Chappie, like was it? Uh, it was a good <laughs> 100 touching? yards. Okay. It was 100 oh, yards. Sucks. No. I'm sorry, man. But they were just um, the worst. Anyway, when you go back and you, you were, I'm sure, I'm sure. Oh, God. One time How I saw there were people that were actual fans there too. Oh, that were man. I saw I saw disturbed and like. Did you get down with the sickness? Rob Zombie one time back to back. Oh, I've seen disturbed a couple times. At like yeah. Edgefest and things yeah. like that, random places. I saw a Seether one time at like Memphis in May or something, and and it was the same situation. I don't remember who was playing after. It was like we got to get to this stage and just stand for two hours until you know this person comes on. We're gonna and uh, so we man we had, we sat through we sat through a whole set of Seether and it was it was something <laughs> Stone yeah, Sour it was something boy. Speaking of music, have I told you guys about my train restaurant? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you have. You oh, have okay. Unfortunately. In the previous life uh man um but when you go back and you look at the history of those bands it was always fascinating to me how frequently they jumped from band to band like this band forms and it literally stays together for a week and then half of them go here and half of them you know there's these splits and there's um all these just and and i i thought that was such a cool way of putting the wonders together and then of course you know it, it it deteriorates so quickly and Hanks's character says, like, that's a very common story. And that's that is such a cool um I think homage to how all of these bands that we love from the sixties yeah. and seventies were formed and became the band and then later stopped being the band and all that sort of stuff. It does that so like the blue jean Blue Jean Committee. Blue Jean Committee, yeah. <laughs> yes. It does that so well. And uh I and I man, I love that part of the movie. Every time yeah. I go back and watch it um, and I look forward to rewatching this movie as much, if not more, than than I could watch. Any movie. I uh, without. I think I said this on our uh, top ten episode or top ten favorite movies episode. It was in your. T- I could your watch list, this movie it? every day. I, yeah, no yeah. joke. <laughs> I yeah, could watch. I I could wake up and this movie could be starting, and I could sit there and watch it, and then credits roll. I'm off my day. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm totally good with that. Yeah, it it's was in really your top weird. ten list, wasn't it? It was. It was yeah. right on the outside. It was like of number mine. nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I, but every time I go and rewatch it, I think, I think that first act is so, so good and so well done. And the, the, the forming together of the parts and, and the different, you know, Jimmy takes it so like so unsufferably seriously. And uh, the bass player is so insignificant that he doesn't even have a name. Uh And Lenny is just a complete joker. And this Uh is just a thing that he's going to do for a while. And, and then guy is kind of somewhere Somewhere right in the middle there, and I, I just, it's a guy is us. Yes, and guy, and the character design on those is, is on all of those guys is fantastic, and they they fit together because they don't really fit together. They fit together really well, if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. Okay, well not, let me not let me break all. it down. I drew a graph for you guys. <laughs> this brings me to a flow chart, if you will. Um, um, it's a really simple kind of thing that they're putting forth here. Uh, you have some friends, you get in your garage, you write a song, you go to a literal talent show, uh, some guy hears you, and you're famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much the gist of the rise or the path to success for the Wonders. Uh, that scene, the best scene in the movie, uh, the most iconic scene, the best scene, uh, you know, I, I could argue against this. Uh, when they find they hear their song on the radio for the first yes. time, and Liv Tyler's running down the thing and telling everybody, and they're dancing in the appliance store mm-hmm. is so good. And uh, the cast talked about it. I think they were interviewed this past year, or a couple weeks ago, for the anniversary, and they said none of us thought that that sequence would work at all. We felt like losers running down screaming. Yeah. We couldn't hear the song. We were holding hands, jumping around, merry-go-round in a circle and stuff, you know. It just didn't feel like it would ever work, but man, did it. Yeah. And it's such a great scene when she hears them on her little radio, because they're all listening to the radio, because they know their mm-hmm. song got submitted or whatever. Up and down the aisle. The That's a great scene as well, the one before that, where they're signing the contract with the guy in the camper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. And Lenny's like, <laughs> this is a guy in a really nice camper. A, a guy wants to yeah. put our song on the radio. Give me this. We're signing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that simple. Like, why would you even think about this? <laughs> he wants to put our song on the radio. Right. Uh, it's so good. Uh, but then it actually happens. And then the whole, what makes it so great is that they get to the, appliance store and they're turning it on on yeah. all the separate radios and, and the volume the store, comes up and on the every, song yeah. by the time yeah. the last chorus hits it comes in full band mm-hmm. and I think that's one of mm-hmm. three times in the whole movie where you actually hear the song in its entirety they do okay. a really good job of not overplaying the song I yeah. think the only other time is when they're live on TV when they play with the new bass player the Hollywood Television Showcase yeah. sequence I think you hear parts more. of the song like 11 times yeah, through the chorus. Yeah, but you only but hear it entirety. in its entirety yeah. three times. And they have other songs, too, which are all great. Great songs. There's Dance a, With Me might be a better song yeah. than that thing you do. The one where they play something. in the kind of, at the state fair in the uh-huh. rotunda stage, yeah. and they're in the, I guess, the maroon suits. or yeah. The one where Lenny sings lead, yeah. right? Dance With Me is, yeah, is Lenny's song. That one yeah. is... That one's such a twist and shout, like, ripoff of the Beatles, but it's such a good mm-hmm. song. Like, I don't know. They just nailed it on almost every front with this movie as far as picking not only songs that sound like they're from that era, but yes. are good songs. Yeah. Like, could have been a hit. Like, yeah, they fit the That thing period. you do would have been a hit if mm-hmm. it had come out oh, in yeah. 1960. Totally. Or whatever. Yeah. 100%. Totally. And it's also kind of a... 
with the Beatles, this is like the American version of that, I guess. Like yeah. If this had happened in America, how would it have gone down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously based on the Beatles, but the whole one-hit wonder aspect of it is crazy, too, because of Jimmy's kind of obsession with, we only got one take of that song on the record, on the B-side, mm-hmm. and, you know, the only point of all this is to make more records, and everyone's like, no, we're good being Captain yeah. Just from Shack yeah. Shooters, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, just the whole dynamic of people's different goals with being in a band is -hmm. is an interesting thing to kind of go down. What are some fun sequences in the movie or scenes that stick out when you uh, go back? I mean, the iconic one we talked about, my favorite is when they hear it on the radio for the first time. Yeah. That's like, I mean, that's exactly what I went through when I figured out how to use iTunes last week. (laughs) Whoa, we have a podcast. (laughs) Uh, But no, that's like the most human and happy as you can possibly be. Um, pretty much any scene with the Zon man is, is yeah, solid. He's so good. He's great in this. And uh, I'm trying to think. I haven't seen it in a while. When they go around on the radio tour and they're talking to, to uh, Clint Howard <laughs> yeah. about mm-hmm. all the stuff, that's that's good too. Uh, State Fair tour. I think that's a really well designed scene because it, it it's kind of a montage sequence, uh-huh. but it gives me bad flashbacks. <laughs> but it goes, yeah, sure, sorry, buddy. So um, be over here, Brian. But, uh, but it moves really fast, and it, it does give you a good chunk of like their story without bogging you down in having to hear the song through its entirety. Mm-hmm. This does a good job as well of like kind that. of playing homage to the '60s without ever mentioning anything yeah. that was actually there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like all, everything is fictional in this movie. Yeah. You know, like the record label they're on is like a playoff capital records, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, you have uh, to kind of pick what camp you do that in, right? Yeah. Right. And they do it. They did it well. They did it well. The, it's fake. The television showcase is obviously a rip off of it, like SNL or a Johnny Carson show, yeah. a variety show or Ed Sullivan show. Ed Sol- yeah. Uh, that's all good and stuff. Uh, great. Uh, Liv Tyler. Too. We awesome. mentioned her. She's great. But she's so good. She is. She has had such an in, she's a weird career. I don't think she's ever been consistently used correctly. And I don't. And she, maybe it's that she's just not good at picking roles. I don't know. But she had. She's had these weird pockets of doing really good work, and then it's kind of surrounded by eh, mess stuff. But I think she's fantastic in this, and I I think the casting on her. She hangs out with like that chess protege in New York. Have you seen any of these stories? No. There's this guy. He's like this chess prodigy. I don't know why I said protege, (laughs) Um, but he's chess prodigy. He goes to those little parks in New York and like plays against the like hustlers and Uh beats them. But in all the pictures, Liv Tyler's hanging out with him. That's weird. And she's like forty something, and he's like twenty one. No, no, I don't think they're dating, but like they're just really close friends. And he's just like this weird like. Russian-looking uh, chess prodigy. Okay, so that's All what right. she's up to. Okay, you're up good to. use of her time, but I think this might be to her. To be fair, best her dad was Steven Tyler. So. <laughs> right? She's we're lucky she's any kind of normal <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, and doesn't wear any scarves that we know. Of, but um, <laughs> I think this might be her <laughs> her best performance. I think she does. I, she brings the. It's just the right amount of um, of like eerie pa you know what i mean like she has like a yeah. she seems very down home midwestern girl girl next door sort of sort of thing and i think that she has to have that and it's hard to do as well when you are you know 
beautiful and all. That yeah. She she nails it. She she brings that the right amount of that to the table. I think. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. I can't believe Tom Hanks, like, single-handedly did this. Yeah, yeah this like, is his It's thing, unbelievable man. how good it is. Like, how one person Such can be that talented. I just mm-hmm. don't, like, it's literally just written by Tom Hanks. Like, yeah. Yep. yep. Just came up one day, just, I'm going to make a movie about a band and it's, it's such a great be... idea it's so cool that he like saw it out and did it and then was like really patient mm-hmm. i mean obviously larry crown wasn't great but like you know it was just like no that's the story i really wanted to tell i may never tell another one i may tell a really important story about larry crown <laughs> right but yeah i like that instead yeah. of trying to be like the writer actor mm-hmm. director actor a tour sure. you know the actual song they they named the movie that thing you do the actual song that they picked they picked obviously to be the hit, but the second place one they play at the closing credits. Oh yeah, it's called that thing that you do, thing you and do. it's, it's got some of the same yeah. lyrics. Uh-huh. It's just a different kind of twist mm-hmm. on the song. I'm sure they said, "Oh yeah, this movie's called that thing you do, so write a song." Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, the guy who wrote the song, and I think most of these songs is the basis for Fountains of Wayne. Remember those? That's guys. why you need to see. I always bring up music and lyrics. The Hugh Grant yeah. movie that you've never yeah. seen does all of it in that too. Okay, it's I've seen 80s it. It's movie. been a long time. You got to watch it as an adult. Man. Okay, it's a classic. Classic. <laughs> Listen to this. Tom Hanks claims he wrote the script while doing promo for Forrest Gump because he was so bored doing nonstop interviews. See, something good did come out of that movie. <laughs> it, he, he wrote this like yeah in his on the subway. It's you know, quite an accomplishment. Wow. Um, Steve's on, O'Malley Steve's on, candidate. Man. If if we didn't have Michael Malley, then 
then the O'Malley's would be called. Get Zahn. this: Steve Zahn was the best man at Tom Everett Scott's wedding. Tom Still. Everett Scott is great in this movie how, too, how, and this uh, is his first movie. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It, I mean, he was destined to fail, kind of to live up to the hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. like Tom Hanks picked you to be the next right. Tom Hanks, kind of a thing. You yeah, know? and he kind of looks like Tom Hanks too, so he has that same. I it it almost comes across as a Woody Allen sort of thing mm-hmm. in a way. Have yeah. you seen uh, Dead Man on Campus? <laughs> of course, obviously. It's probably my favorite Mark uh, Paul Glossinger <laughs> film. Guess what? Uh, Tom, probably though, Tom Everett Scott will be starring in later this year. Uh, MacGruber Two. Uh, we will be seeing him in La La Land later. Ooh, oh, I like that. I was just looking at his film. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen. Oh, he's in Elementary. Oh, great. He's on the Scream TV show. Great. <laughs> oh, La La Land. Wow. All right. I, I mean, he hasn't. He's it's done a Everett lot. It's the Everett Scottisance. He's done a lot of TV work in the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was on years. Southland. He was good on. He's that. done like one episode on like twenty, mm-hmm. twenty nine TV shows since. Sure. Uh, he's since a pro. That thing you he's do. very good in the movie, though, and he he has. Oh yeah, I think one of the best qualities about his character is that he he is very cool for that group, and at times that's what kind of holds them together. Is that he is the you know he's the band leader, he's the drummer, and and he has this kind of cool presence. But then you see that immediately fall away when he gets around somebody that he thinks is cool. You know, does that yeah. make sense? I, and I love that. I love when it's when like when you you're can, around me. Yeah, exactly. For the first two years, and I was just like, "Look at this cool guy." Over here. <laughs> um, I I'm started cool started guy. wearing cardigans and stuff. Um, yeah, but I love when you can pull that. <laughs> you ridiculous. Carry. I know. I can't pull off a cardigan. I, it's it's the shorts that really <laughs> set off the the car, or take the cardigan look in a weird direction. Um, but no, I, I love in it when a character can have. Um, Variety, because that's that makes it real, right? Like that makes it a like a normal human being. Is that um, he has this coolness with these guys, but then he gets around Del Pax and he turns into a fanboy. And I I just think that's a that's a a character touch that I think gets lost in a lot of scripts. I think so too. What about Saul Siler? (laughs) It's funny you look at top build cast on this, and Charlie Stern's like the top four. And she was, I guess, this was kind of her start. This sure. was her first real. She has a lot, a lot more work in the director's cut. Oh, I'm sure. not a big fan, typically, of like you've got to watch the director's cut. It's just so much better. This is one that I think it's almost an hour longer than the than the theatrical cut, and you get a lot more backstory and stuff. And and she's in it a lot more in the uh, the director's cut. Yeah, that's right. There's some scenes. Yeah, there were scenes. I think I saw this on HBO a couple of years ago or something, and there were scenes in that cut that I'd never seen. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, "What?" It's always off-putting when that happens, and you're yeah. like, "Wait, what? I've seen this movie a hundred times." Uh, what scenes this. are in the director's cut that aren't? Um, there's a lot more with Guy and uh, <laughs> and Charlie's Theron at the beginning. And that was weird. I thought the Guy Fieri scenes. <laughs> yes. It's really doesn't when he fit takes the time her to flavor when he, they try to write to a flavor town song <laughs> flavor town creates thing. jalapeno peppers poppers uh in 19 he's like well i'm hopping in my time yeah. scene Whoa. see in 2007 his hair actually stands up into those little spikes um there's more with guy and and the girl i can't remember charlie Theron's character let's name, remake Tina. that uh, Tina. back to the future yeah. with guy as doc <laughs> he's just on a mission to create <laughs> awesome food 
Starring no. nothing else. Starring just, Miles Teller and Guy Fieri. No, he's just sampling. He's not even in the creating it. <laughs> Whoa! Best diner I've ever been to. Um, this is the real diner. Anyway, uh, there's more of that. There's a little bit more of just kind of the, the creation, the genesis of the band. Um, trying to think. There's just it, – it totally makes sense why everything got cut. They got cut. But it it does I think fill in some of the the backstory. If you are really into the movie, um, which which I think we all are, it's it does it serves as like a, a a bonus I guess of getting some just more backstory on what's going on with them. But like I said, it's a full hour longer in the director's cut than it is than uh, you know the theatrical. Cool. Well, where does this rank for you on Tom Hanks's filmography? Directorial, like- I would say. If- <laughs> Barely first. Barely first. Yeah, just just as over Larry Crown. I mean, you don't really think of this when you think of him, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not really a Tom Hanks to. movie, right? Like, I mean, at least as, from a performance standpoint. It's rare to see him do supporting work. He's fantastic as a supporting actor, right. and, and I think this shows that as well, if not better than any other supporting work he's he's ever done. But but it doesn't seem like a Tom Hanks movie. It's 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 hard to put this in the same breath as you know yeah. Philadelphia and Same Part of Ryan yeah, and, right. um, the Burbs and stuff like that Angels and Demons but <laughs> um, so I've got a Sophie's Choice for you bright guy oh no you have to have one of these eternal sunshine out of your brain forever okay that thing you do are almost famous oh, wow. wow that's brutal that's brutal because those I mean I know the whole time watching that thing you do, I think about almost famous and vice vice versa. Um, boy, I guess I would probably choose to keep almost famous over that thing you do, but it would so be I, a tough. Call. I'll put you down for you don't care for that <laughs> right, thing you do yeah. very much. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give it a D while we're at it. Screw <laughs> you, Cameron Crowe. Yeah, got a lot of pent up aggression. Uh, from Cameron. Honolulu or whatever it was Aloha Aloha, Aloha. <laughs> can he recover no I don't think so he bounced back with Ruby how, oh wait how would you feel no joke if tomorrow they were like that thing you do sequel coming wonders getting back together for a reunion tour I'm in, I'm in. wouldn't you that would be, be fun in? yeah wouldn't Seven, that be fun 70s wonders I think it would make a great uh, that would be kind of like bit. I don't want to see a movie about it, but that would be a really fun. It might be a good minute bit, not like a not so lighthearted movie about like this is really dark. Them only getting back together yeah. to make money and like yeah, you know they, they hate each other. And they hate that. yeah. 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 Uh, what if you let's write it? Let's write it. That almost famous was getting a sequel. <laughs> And Cameron Crowe was directing and writing it. What would nope. you would you see it? I mean, I would see it, but I would. Oh, hate see, it. that's where you're wrong. You yeah. just don't see it. No, I, can't, I I don't think I could not. You do could it. not see it. <laughs> I didn't watch Roadies, so that's that's wow. the first breaking uh, up is hard to do. Know, it's been, I'm literally wearing a Stillwater shirt as we speak. You about are. This, so. You actually are. Um, was that, that tough? would be hard? That would be. Re- I, I heard Rhodey's got better. Like as it, like all Look the critics it. said, like, it got better as it went. But I can have one drink. It was gonna. I can be, have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is fine. <laughs> just black out drunk. Like, yeah, Elizabeth Town was actually better than the other. Uh, yeah. <laughs> From this day on, my father's gone. <laughs> he threw his tatters, his father's ashes out the window. Another funny bit is the father. Guy's dad, yeah, and him leaving the light on, and 
Well, fine, go. Go to your fancy Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Make your music. Bang on your bongo drums. That's <laughs> yeah. all fun, too. Yeah. Um, I, I a small think, town kind of yes, appeal. Of, yes, like, and his his fight with Telemart and whatnot. That's mm-hmm. a funny bit. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. No. Yeah, no, that is good. Um, lots of like here. Lots um, of love. It's a great, great, mm-hmm. great movie. Well, let's talk about kind of the downfall of it all, though, mm-hmm. and their realization. I love the scene with Guy and um, Del Paxson when Del's like, "Bands come and go. Mm-hmm. You got to keep playing, man." Yeah. That's kind of his realization, Guy's realization that, oh, this is probably the end, you know? Yeah. And that last scene is just so perfect of Guy and Dell just jamming, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. When it's all done and their first thing to do is just them to jam together and, like, you know it's like, we're going to move on or whatever, you yeah. know? Go their separate ways, but um, it works. This movie kind of has a lot to say in a way, you know? Yeah. It, I think it's a, like we've said, it's an homage to that time period and the, the industry as a whole. And it, it is also kind of serves as like a, it, it's, it has a lot to say about like the loss of, of innocence and whatnot, because you see that come to fruition of the, I mean, it's such a whirlwind tour and they go from a couple of guys in a garage in Erie, Pennsylvania to number, I think, I think it, they top out at like the number two record uh, and then breaking up within, you know, probably a four month time span. And that's, and all of them like having to figure out how to do life after that. And that's an interesting, it's, it's a, it's an interesting way to kind of take the audience through that experience. One more memorable moment is they find out they had the number 10 album or whatever, number 10 song or top Mm -hmm. 10 and then they walk outside and the, all the girls are out there and they have to run to the limo and they're yeah. all like jumping on the limo and everything. And they leave Faye behind and Guy's the only one that goes to grab her. Mm-hmm. There's so much happening there. Yeah. Uh, it takes like 40 seconds, maybe that whole <laughs> sequence, but uh, really good. Sure. Uh, what are we going to grade this one at? This is an A plus for me. Yeah. This is a, this is literally, I think t- is a perfect movie. Um, for what it's trying to accomplish, you know, maybe it's degree of difficulty is not a ten, maybe it's a nine point seven or something, uh-huh. but it is a perfect nine point seven to me. I agree, um, A plus, mm-hmm. all the way, top ten of all time, yeah, and top, um, top probably hard to beat it, man. Yeah, it really same. is. It's hard. It's if you know of a movie that is it better watch on a date, like a more watchable movie than this, let me know. Yeah. If, if there's one you could watch every day that isn't this, let me know. Music's and I, so I would good be happy too. to do that. I, I can't think of a movie that has done, um, that original music for the movie, not just the soundtrack yeah. that is as good as this, you know, almost famous. Uh, Fever dog is a great song, but it's really the only song that the band maybe plays. back to the future. You mentioned back earlier. to the future. Yeah. But this again, it's not like a whole like soundtrack of music featured in the movie. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Try to musicals think. come to mind, but yeah, really musicals, musical. sure, sure. Almost famous, Crazy Heart, maybe. Crazy Heart is a good one. That's a good yeah, one. That's a good one. Good call. I don't that's know. A good one. It's Luke, just rare that to Luke get Brian concert film. We watched. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, it's rare to get a whole a whole album of a soundtrack that is original music written for that that movie. You know, that's kind of a and then have it be good. Yeah. No, it was great. I was obsessed with it when I Same. was a kid. Same. I couldn't stop 
uh, listening to the That Thing You Do, the song mm-hmm. is a great song. I looked this week to see if That Thing You Do is available on vinyl, and it is not. It will be. They've got to get that out They're going to press that. They pressed everything. Everything has vinyl. Okay. So A for A plus for you. A plus, a plus for you. Mm-hmm. Three A pluses. Hard movie um, to pick apart. Yeah, you can't. You really can't. But hopefully, there's more from Tom Hanks. On the good side, directorial. Yeah, uh, I think he's still got it in him. But maybe this is just like passion project. Yeah, he knew exactly what it was going to be. He's he'd had it in his head for his whole, you know, since since he experienced the Beatles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it was just that easy because right. he had been thinking about it that long. So yeah, we'll see. Um, so this has been good. Yeah. Good. Happy Fun anniversary times. to this. 20 and, years. And uh, if you have any other ideas on throwbacks or anniversary type films, feel free to email us on our website or at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. But until then, where can we find you, Brian, online? You can find me on the Twitter, bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden. Kent, where can I find you? <laughs> On Twitter, at uh, Kent Garrison. You can find me online at KentGarrison.com and our show online at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Where can I find you on Vine? <laughs> oh, I mean, R.I.P. Vine. R.I.P. Vine. Me and my uh, viral vines are just going to go <laughs> cry ourselves away. <laughs> no. And Asian people be like... <laughs> I just hate Never for the... Get Vine. I just hate for the people that actually like said they made livings on Vine. Like that's why you don't make a living on a yeah yeah. Get a podcast, jerks. Yeah, like responsible adults. Everyone knows we make a great living off this. Ton. So you can find me there on the iTunes at uh, Mad About Movies. Give us five stars. Yeah, give us five stars. Review. Please subscribe. Stay tuned every week for awesome fun. Amazing times from Brian Gill and Richard and myself. And until then, special guests sometimes. We'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your silence is scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs>